Welcome to The Deciding Point, our Cracked Rackets weekly breakdown of the biggest storylines happening throughout the tennis world. On this week's show, we've got to put a bow on our coverage of the 2021 Wimbledon. Ashley Barty emerging as your lady singles champion, solidifying her spot at the top of the WTA rankings, earning the second slam title of her career as well. Of course, we also have to talk about some of the other storylines. Who were the biggest winners of the natural surface swing? The playing grass court seasons here in 2021. Who are the players we should be watching most closely heading into the summer hard courts? And then, of course, who are the players closest to capturing the first Grand Slam titles of their careers? All of that and more on today's show. With that in mind, Westoff, roll those credits. Let's get to it. I think we can all agree that one of the biggest storylines coming out of the 2021 Wimbledon Ladies Singles event is the continued dominance of world number one Ashley Barty. You look for the 25-year-old Australian. She wins her second career singles Grand Slam title, reaffirms her spot at the top of the world rankings, drops only two sets on her way to the 2021 Wimbledon title. You look for Barty, that breakthrough season for her, happening in 2019. Feels like a lifetime ago, but you look over the course of that year, she wins her maiden slam singles title at the 2019 French Open, makes semifinals in Australia that year as well, round of 16 at the two other slams. She had all of the momentum in the world entering 2020, but of course, then a pandemic struck, and she was one of the players who elected not to play when the tour resumed in August. She started fresh here in 2021, but you look at her results, she hasn't missed a beat throughout the course of this season. The only blemish came from injury. Her second round loss at the French Open. Of course, she was forced to withdraw from that match due to injury. You look everywhere else along the course of this season for Ashley Barty. 35-6 and six now overall in 2021. That's an 85% win percentage. She's won four titles five finals in 10 total events. Those are the rates you see of the best of the best. You look at the five-year prime of Venus Williams, which I categorize as 1998 to 2002. Of course, what makes Venus so special is she had like four different five-year primes, four different iterations of Venus. That's a story for another time. The point being, you look for her, she won about 40% of her events. She made finals in about 50% of them. Ashley Barty, obviously right along with those statistics, Statistics. Ashley Barty has 10 top 10 wins overall here in 2021. Venus Williams has 14, our average 14 per season throughout the course of her five year prime. That's the sort of territory Ashley Barty is now hanging out in. And you look for her overall, again, eight quarterfinals in 10 events. If she's in the tournament, she's winning at least one, two matches, making that deep run into the final weekend. And certainly being a top seed, you are expected to do that. But she has lived up to those expectations. You look for Ashley Barty at every Grand Slam since the 2018 U.S. Open, excluding this year's French Open where she withdrew from injury again. If she's been in the main draw, she's made it the fourth round or further She's the epitome of consistency, and you look now following Wimbledon stats inclusion into Tennis Abstract stats leaderboard, Ashley Barty now officially a member of the top 15 club, top 15 in both hold and break percentage. She's gotten better and better on that backhand wing, and again, 
just turned 25 year old. We were robbed of what certainly would have been one of the seasons of her prime in 2020. So, you know, again, 2019, you carried over this year, 2022, 2023, that five year window where she has clearly started and will continue to play her best tennis. The beginnings of that window looks a lot like the prime of a Venus Williams. Now, is it quite that Justine Ennin territory? Ennin was winning, you know, uh, I believe it was like 90%, 89% of her matches. You look historically, she was playing fewer tournaments, about 12 per year, but she was winning about five to six of them and making finals in eight to nine of them. That's why she was a prohibitive number one. And I'm not sure if Barty is quite in that prohibitive number one category, particularly. How can you say that when we've all seen how excellent Naomi Osaka looks when she plays her best on a hard court. But you keep in mind how many slam titles Osaka has already won. You keep in mind Barty's already at two. There's space for multiple greats in the game at the same time. And if you look at the pace Ashley Barty is on statistically, if you use your eyes and just watch the tennis she played at this 2021 Wimbledon, again, she served for that match against Carolina Pliskova, the match she dropped a set in in the final up 6-5 in that second set. And she was up and break early in that second set. At no point point was she trailing and after you know fumbling and blinking in that second set she immediately races out to a break lead in the third game of the third Ashley Barty's a front runner she does a little bit of everything well for her to be able to generate that much pace on her serve on her forehand to be able to move that well in the outer thirds to be able to turn defense into offense and then of course you look she's a former doubles grand slam champion she's got the skills at the net as well the complete package and again only 25 years old It feels like we've yet to see the best of Ashley Barty, and that's the scariest part because this version of her historically is already very, very good, unequivocally your biggest winner of the 2021 Wimbledon Ladies Singles event is, of course, Ashley Barty. One of the joys of being a tennis fan is having so many different storylines to monitor at any different point of the year. Of course, as we approach the Grand Slams, there's always two camps of people, right? There are those who continue to root for the favorites that want to see the Serena Williams, the Naomi Osaka's, the Djokovic's, Federer's, Nadal's continue to add to their greatness. There's also the camp of people who are watching out for the next comers. Obviously, on the men's side, there's a whole next-gen ATP campaign associated with finding the next great champions. And while Dominic team has broken through, we continue to wait for the Medvedevs, the Zverevs, the Tsitsipasas, Berrettinis, Rublevs of the world to make their big runs. Now, on the women's side, things are a little bit different. We've already seen Osaka, Andrescu, Kennan, Sviantek capture major titles. We just saw Barbara Krejcikova capture her first Grand Slam title at the 2021 French Open. And even Ashley Barty, who's been at the top of the game via rankings for the past three seasons, she still only has two Slam titles. So while some players have already experienced some success, it's still waiting to see, can those players follow up on that act? And, you know, that captures our attention as well. But of course, you still look at the players who have yet to capture a Maiden Slam on the women's tour. It's a storyline that will follow every Grand Slam we see competed in. One of the most enjoyable parts of this 2021 Wimbledon was to see a Karolina Pliskova, who has accomplished so much throughout her course of her career, has done essentially everything but win a Grand Slam title. She had the opportunity to compete for another one. Her second Grand Slam final of her career wasn't able to get over the finish line, but we entered these uh, 
American hardcore seasons now, uh, hardcore season, excuse me now, and she certainly seems like a player that is dangerous, a player we will have our eyes on because, of course, all of us are wondering, will she be the next one to capture her first Grand Slam title, take advantage of what feels like a wide open scene right now in the women's game, it gets you thinking of who are the players that are next in line? Who are the players we should be watching most closely? And that, of course, leads us to our awards here at Cracked Rackets. You all know we love to make things up. The award we're going with here, the Caroline Wozniacki Next in Line Award. Now, if you came up as a tennis fan like I did in the late aughts, late 2000s, 2010s range, the story was repeatedly on the women's tour. Can Caroline Wozniacki break through? Can she capture that first Grand Slam title had so much success at every level of the game, much like Carolina Plisko, and had made runs to quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, but just could never get over that final hump and capture a Grand Slam title. It was, you know, that was the question ever entering every slam. It was always in your top five questions. Is this the one where Wozniacki gets slam number one? Now, ultimately, she answers that question, yes, at the Australian Open. And what felt like a poetic moment seemingly handed off that title, that Caroline Wozniacki belt of next in line to her opponent in that match, Simona Halep, who we saw struggle in multiple Grand Slam finals before ultimately breaking through. Now she's a multi-time Grand Slam champion. After that, things got a little bit murky, right? Certainly, you would argue one of the biggest, uh, uh, I would say, candidates for this award would be Karolina Pliskova, who you look now, career high number one. Again, she's made two major finals, two semifinals, four quarterfinals. She's won 16 career titles, has 32 top 10 victories, has won about two-thirds of her matches in her career, had a top 10 stretch for five consecutive years in the WTA rankings, has done everything but get over that final hump, win a Grand Slam title. And, you know, for Pliskova, she's always been an elite server at her best. The power she's able to produce on that shot, the location she's able to hit, it allows her to play her plus one aggressive style of play. And certainly that was all in form, all on show throughout her run here at Wimbledon. Drops only two, uh, three sets, I suppose, but, you know, straight sets all the way through the semifinals. She plays second seeded Arena Sabalenka, takes her three sets, earned the victory, only broken once in the match. She drops the first 14 points against top seeded Ashley Barty, manages to come back, fight off Barty serving for the match in the second set, extend it to a third. The question we had coming into Wimbledon was someone like a Karolina Pliskova's window closed with all the young next-gen women's talent coming up the rankings and all the players entering their primes, the Sakharis, the Krejcikovas, the Mertens, who we don't know if they can win seven matches in a row, but if it's a round of 16 and you know they catch Pliskova on the right day, we all believe they can certainly beat her. And so, again, is that window closed for Pliskova? She proves no. Or she proves that the answer to that question is no with her level here at Wimbledon. Uh, again, she's still a candidate for this award, but she's not the only one anymore, right? Because you look at Alina Svitolina, who second round, incredibly disappointing. Wimbledon for the former semifinalist. You look for her, she has a career high number three in the rankings. She's someone who's made two major semifinals, five quarterfinals. She's a WTA tour finals champion. She's won, or she's been the runner up at four different uh, thousand level events. She's 35 career top 10 wins. She's won 65% of her career matches. But again, is her ceiling as high as some of these other next gen players? Does she have the power to 
tennis of a Sabalenka, who hasn't won a slam, and by the way, is absolutely a candidate for this list by every metric. We talk about her enough for those who don't know, of course. Career high of number three. She's made that first slam semifinal, but she's won four 1,000-level events. She's won, yeah, I think it's like 78% of her matches over the last 52 weeks. She's won four titles and five finals. She has been exceptional over this run. She's a candidate, but so is Alina Svitolina. You can't say the, the window has closed on someone who is yet to turn 28 years old, who, you know, again, while her best level may not be as high as a Sabalenka, as even a Rabakina, that sort of power tennis that just blows you off the court, or the Osakas and Drescues of the world, I'm not ready to write her off yet. I still think Svitolina, she can do so many different things well. Her game translates across surfaces well. It's a lot about confidence, and obviously, is she fit entering tournaments? Is she able to play her best tennis because her game is so predicated on staying fit? Now, again, the longer uh, the the longer it goes, the more slams that are played, the more repetitions these youngsters get. The higher their ceiling is, and the higher they get to, uh, the closer they get to approaching that ceiling. So she's certainly a candidate to keep an eye on. Madison Keys, the power tennis. We've seen her make a major final, three semifinals, three other quarterfinals. Her she's one of those ceiling players, right? Where if she clicks for two weeks at, at a Wimbledon, like we saw her click in week one, or at a U.S. Open, where that serve, that forehand, can just you know. The nighttime crowd, she's had success there before. Windows still open for her, but then you start to look at the next-gen WTA players, the Sabalenkas of the world. It's it's scary to say, but the Coco Goffs of the world, who are closer to being ready to win slams than they are from being further away. This is an interesting development, again, thing to watch as we head into the summer hard courts because as we wait for one of these next-gen players to really take hold of the tour, Barty may already be doing so, and that may be the closing of the chaos window. But that chaos window is clearly coming to a close, but there's still a creek open. And will it be a Pliskova, a Svitolina, a Keys, or is it time for a Sabalenka, a Goff, that next-gen to continue to ascend? That's absolutely a storyline coming out of Wimbledon, and it's something for us to continue to monitor throughout the rest of this 2021 season. Some trivia coming out of the 2021 Wimbledon for all of you. Who is the only player in the women's game to have reached the fourth round at all three of this year's Grand Slams? If you answered Iga Swiatek to that question, you would be correct. The 20-year-old Polish player solidifying herself at the top of the women's game. You look at her results over the last 52 weeks. She's 35-11 and 11 overall. Won the first three titles of her WTA career, of course. They come at Roland Garros. They come in Rome. They come in Adelaide as well. You look for her by every metric. She solidified herself as a top 10, perhaps even top 5 player. You look at the WTA ranking, she's up to number 8. Considering she's won a Grand Slam in the last 52 weeks, considering how consistent she's been, that number feels a little bit low. And in fact, you look at the advanced metrics offered by our friends at Tennis Abstract. Iga Swiatek rated 5th in overall ELO rating, which measures who you play, not when or where, like the WTA ranking system does. She's ranked twenty. Uh, she's ranked 5th, excuse me, in 2021 specific results. And again, you look at that consistency for her, 36-11 over 
over the course of these last 52 weeks. She's reached four additional quarterfinals. Of course, in three of those four quarterfinals, she goes on to win the event. She has a winning record, 4-2 and two against top 10 opponents. She's got a winning record against top 20 opponents, winning record against top 50 opponents. She's one of the four women's players right now to be members of the top 15 club, top 15 in both hold percentage and break percentage. What more do we want? from the 20-year-old to prove that she is already ready to be considered amongst the elite in the women's game. Again, you watch her play. Was she, you know, hit off the court in her fourth round match against Own Jabour? No, she wasn't. It was a physical three-set match. And you look for Sviantek, considering she's played fewer than 20 grass court matches, but is a former junior Wimbledon champion. For her to make the fourth round at that event, you feel like she's only going to get better. And yes, the creativity, the off-balance game of Own Jabour certainly threw her off in that affair. But again, that was one of two grass court events she was able to play in the in uh, this 2021 season. And it just feels like her game is going to be able to translate across surfaces because that serve works across surfaces. Her athleticism, her ability to move into the outer thirds of the court, it works. The heaviness of that forehand, even on a grass court, becomes really, really difficult to play against. And then, of course, her ability to change direction with her backhand, her ability uh, to put so many returns on the court and to hit them aggressively aggressively as well. Now, if you have enough pace, you can give her forehand return troubles, but that backhand return in particular, super, super special. She's comfortable moving forward. Again, the eye test suggests that she is already a top 10, top five player. Now, again, it comes down to what is your definition of elite to answer the question of is Iga Sviantek ready to be considered amongst the elite? in women's tennis. A number eight ranking, that's like right on the precipice, right? You're on the cusp. You're probably going to qualify for the year-end tour finals, but you know, are you really considered someone who's winning slams year in, uh, week in, or titles week in, week out, winning slams each and every year? I don't know if a number eight ranking usually belies that fact, but of course, again, the ranking's a little bit screwed up right now because of all of the COVID regulations. Nevertheless, you look for Iga. Three titles on two different surfaces. Fourth round at all three majors competed. To be the only player to say that, that speaks to her consistency. And again, the fact that her skill set will translate across uh, surfaces. If healthy, if she's in the event, doesn't matter what surface it's on, she's a threat to make a deep run, perhaps even win it. And again, it's the consistencies that she can hold serve with anyone. She can break serve with anyone. Do all the little things you need to do. Make all of the adjustments to compete against the various talents in the women's game. The advanced metrics to be top five in both ELO and overall, uh, 2021 ELO and overall ELO, that's a victory for her to have made, you know, the only player to have made the fourth round at every Grand Slam this year. That's a victory for her to be 36 and 11, a 77% win percentage. That's right around the number you see of a player ascending to the top five of the game. And then again, only 20 years old. She's still got at least a decade of fantastic tennis ahead of her. Again, she looks this good now. What's she going to look like five years from now when the mental side, the physical side are even further developed? I'm ready to call Iga Sviantek elite. I know some people say consistency is not necessarily a, a blind of an elite trait. You know, just because you are having consistent success, are you dominating the best of the best? Are you truly elite? Some would say no for Sviantek. Again, only four quarterfinals in 14 total events. 
I'm ready to say yes. Throw me on the list there again. She's made, yeah, you know, she wins the French Open, follows it up with a quarterfinal this year, fourth round at the other two majors. She's competing week in, week out across surfaces. I think the summer hard courts are going to be really good to her. Is she elite? If so, again, on a previous topic I talked, is the window still open for players like a Svitolina, like a Pliskova, like a Keys? If Iga Svantec's already elite, the answer to that question is no, because with her, with Barty, with Osaka, things start to get really crowded now at the top of the top of the women's game, but she still is 20 years old. We've yet to see her really lock into that elite status. She pulls off a title here in the summer hardcourt events, makes another deep run at a slam. There will be no denying it. It will be clear that it is time to consider Iga Svantec amongst the elite in women's tennis. With the conclusion of the 2021 Wimbledon comes the end of the natural surface portion of the 2021 calendar. Now, of course, natural surfaces, referring to those surfaces that you can find out in your environment, surfaces like a clay, surfaces like a grass court, essentially anything that isn't the cement, you know, paved hard courts that we're about to see play out over in North America and What's so fascinating to me when we reflect on this portion of the calendar is that you look at the players who were the biggest risers, whether they made the biggest rankings jumps, whether the advanced statistics offered by our friends at Tennis Abstract suggest that they have made big rises as well. It's notable uh, that these players are players you will also see have success on hard courts. It speaks to the similarity now of the surfaces, and it also speaks to the fact you really do have to be a well-rounded player now to have success at the highest levels of the game. There are no one-surface specialists really anymore, or certainly if you are a one-surface specialist, your upside in terms of how high you can get up the rankings has certainly uh, been minimized over the course of the past few seasons. You look at the biggest winners on the women's side, Iga Svantec. She's now fifth overall in 2021 ELO, fifth overall in overall ELO. She's fifth overall, excuse me, eighth overall in the WTA rankings. You look at some like Barbara Krejcikova, probably your biggest winner of the natural surface portion of the year. She's now seventh overall in ELO rating, second here in 2021, 13th in the WTA rankings. And for someone to have won a Grand Slam title in the past calendar year and be ranked outside the top 10 for that player to follow it up by making the fourth round of Wimbledon, Kind of ridiculous. So story for another time. That's why I speak to the advanced metrics. But again, you look at an own Jabour, ninth overall ELO, fourth in 2021. She's 23rd in the WTA rankings. That's ridiculous. And I think we'd all agree she's played closer to that ninth overall ELO rating than she has 23rd in the WTA rankings. Goff right now, her splits 10, 7, 25th in the WTA rankings. Rabakina's 20th across the board. Bedosa, 27th, 14th, 29th. Those six players. Players, by the way, Sviantek, Krejcikova, Jabour, Goff, Rabakina, Bedosa. Those are your six names that made the round of 16 in both the French Open and Wimbledon. They all had various degrees and of, of success, but let's be clear, they all had success throughout the extended portions of those seasons as well as Jabour, grass court title, of course, golf, clay court title, Krejcikova, French Open title, Bedosa, multiple deep runs. The only one who was really slam-centric in her success was Elena Rabakina, who has clearly caught fire now at the slams and who we can all tell that power tennis when she plays her best she can compete with anyone 
on any surface. It's just interesting because those are the players who are the biggest risers who come into the summer hardcore portion of the season in the best form, but those are players we all saw experience success early in the season as well. Certainly someone like Krejcikova was limited uh, by the fact that, you know, her ranking just wasn't as high as it is now. She's going to get to play a higher level event. Someone like Bedosa, who, you know, was on the wrong plane on the way to Australia and whose game suffered since, you know, coming out of that Australia bubble with nothing but success for Paula bedosa Jaber. All of these players, A, I think we should expect them to continue their success into the hardcore portion of the year because all of their games translate a cross surfaces clearly and if you can have success on clay and you can have success on a grass court hard courts are those happy mid- middles right and certainly we've seen own jabour make a quarterfinal of the australian open iga fourth round australian open this year and you know golf rabakina bedosa the well-roundedness of all of their games krechikova as well there's no reason to think it can't translate to a hard court and again all of these names of the players I'm talking about, they're all 26 years old or younger. This speaks to this next generation, the shift we're seeing in the WTA rankings. There's a new, not only top class of players competing for Grand Slam titles, but there's a new, you know, top half as well. There's a new top 30. That next generation has solidified their foothold, not just at the slams, but day in, day out, week in, week out at the tour events as well. All of these names, names to highlight heading into the hard court season. All of these names breakthrough players here in 2021. Obviously, all to varying degrees. But again, the players who made the round of 16 at both the French Open and Wimbledon. Sviantek, Krejcikova, Jabour, Goff, Rabakina, Bedosa. There's no reason those players can't reach another round of 16 at the 2021 U.S. Open. There's no reason those players can't continue to have success here on the hard courts. And if they do, we're not just going to be talking about them as top 10, top 20 players advanced metrics-wise. With the WTA rankings beginning to open up, we're going to start talking about them as top 20, top 15, maybe even top 10 players in the WTA rankings. And to be honest, with their results, of late with how well-rounded all of their skill sets are. That's the sort of conversation, the breadth of conversation, I should say, they belong in in the WTA hierarchy.